Hey everyone, happy holidays. It's me, Ashley of Seeking Witchcraft, and thanks for tuning in today. So sorry this episode was hella delayed. I'm actually recording this today now on literal Christmas day because it's the only day I had off of work and the only time I could actually pump out another episode. So I'm so sorry, guys. I've been like crazy busy this month, but I'm super happy to be back and recording this episode. And yeah, so today is going to be part three of the How to Get Started in Witchcraft series, um, which if you haven't listened to the last two episodes, I'd really, really recommend that you do so um, because all these episodes build up on each other. And one of the biggest things that I learned when I was in my outer court training for um, the group that I'm with right now was the importance of taking things step by step to fully understand and appreciate what you're doing. And while I know it's tempting to just jump right in and want to just like cast a circle immediately or like do a spell or whatever, it's so important to know the basics of what like happens before that. So definitely give the other two episodes a listen. Um, I'll also put it to you this way. As I've been writing these episodes, and this is part of the reason it's been so delayed, I have been like writing my episode and I'll be like, okay, like I'm just going to do a whole episode on like how to cast a circle and like, or a way to cast a circle, I should say. And then I'll like stop and be like, oh wait, but I need to go back and talk about this or like, oh wait, but they have to understand this or like, oh wait, there's like another layer here. So I never realized how many layers were involved in witchcraft (laughs) until I had to sit down and try to um, get all my thoughts out just like in my notes. So even with myself, um, you know, there's, there's definitely an importance of going back and understanding things layer by layer before just jumping into it. And honestly, like, if you're going to do something witchy, like, why not get the most bang for your buck, you know, by understanding as much as you can first. So, okay. So that's all I have to say about that. Um, But in case you're probably wondering what we're going to talk about today. So yes. So today we're going to be talking or I'm going to be talking about the difference between a spell and a ritual, how to cast and close a circle, or rather just like an example of how like one way is that you could do that um, and how to dispose of your spell materials. I'm also going to talk with some more in-depth details about things like triggers you can use to get yourself into the witchy mindset which is something that I thought about having just an entire episode on. And I might at one point um, do that, but like, I'm just going to give like some basic things in this episode about that. But yeah, so before I do that, uh, I do have some administrative things, which is going to be a super boring ad. So if you don't listen to that, just go ahead and fast forward. I don't mind at all. (laughs) But I will say that at the end of the ad, I have some really cool and fun giveaway news. So go ahead and grab a notebook for this episode and we'll get started in just a minute. All right. Thanks for sticking through that. (laughs) Okay. So now that that's out of the way, I have really exciting news, guys. So as of today, Christmas 2019, um, this podcast has hit over 100,000 plays. And I'm actually almost at 110,000 plays, which is insane. That's like over 15,000 plays a month since I started this in May of 2019. Um, So holy crap, guys. (laughs) Thank you. Um, You know, if you listen to my Seeking Witchcraft, or oh my gosh, my Social Witchcraft episode, um, you'll know that I was absolutely never expecting it to get to that point. So thank you so much for everybody who's listening. Like, that is awesome. Um, So because of that, I decided I'm going to do a really special personalized giveaway. And so what I'm going to do, and um, I'll talk a little bit more about this later in the episode, but 
Um, I'm going to be giving three lucky listeners <laughs> a personalized oracle reading from my absolute favorite deck, the House of Night deck. And this giveaway is not just going to be like me sending you a picture of the of the cards and being like, here you go. It's actually going to be an audio chat. So I'm going to hit you up via Zoom, <laughs> which is like this. Um, it's totally free. You might just have to like go on their website or download it. But yeah, I'm going to hit you up on Zoom and we're going to actually chat. <laughs> in real time. So keep that in mind that if you're trying to enter this giveaway, this will be taking place over Zoom. Um, so it is going to be, you know, live. So make sure you'd be able to be in a place where that can happen. Um, of course, if the day comes and that's a little bit too anxious and you would just want to do it over like, I don't know, direct message or something like that's fine too. Um, but yeah, so whenever the giveaway becomes active, because I'm going to do it a little bit later, I'm going to do it sometime in the beginning of January. Actually, probably like mid-January. Um, I'll give more information on how to enter that giveaway in the actual post when it happens. So I'm going to choose one person from Twitter, one person from Facebook, and one person from Instagram. So stay tuned and yeah. <laughs> okay, so on to today's topic of the meat of the episode. So if you listened to the last couple episodes, <laughs> you've read, you've meditated, you've practiced some energy work, you know, you spent some time looking into how magic works and possibly may have even written a spell or at least looked into it. So now what? Okay, well, the next step is going to be to perform your spell if you haven't already tried already. <laughs> but before you do that, I'd highly recommend casting a circle first, which is what this episode's primarily going to be talking about. So you don't actually have to cast an entire ass circle to do a spell. It's definitely not required, but being able to cast a circle is a really important task that all witches should know how to do. So I'm going to cover it. Um, that leads me into this, a ritual versus a spell. So sometimes people use them interchangeably. You know, many times a ritual is performed as part of a spell, but it doesn't always have to be, which is a statement that like, honestly, some people might have different opinions on. So I'm just giving you my opinion. <laughs> A ritual is a physical action. It's something that you're doing, such as being involved, let's say, like in a full moon ritual. So in a full moon ritual, you might try to cast a circle and try to connect. Like after you've done that, you might try to do some things to connect with the moon or like perhaps a deity. And then, you know, you do that and then you close the circle. A spell, on the other hand, is something that you do in order to use magic to attract your will into coming true or manifesting. So even if you haven't thought of a spell that you'd like to do, this episode is still for you as it's really important to know how to cast a circle. Which brings me to two quick disclaimers, which I feel like I have in every episode, but it is what it is. Um, you don't have to have a spell in mind to cast a circle. So there's absolutely no problem with just casting a circle just to do it with no actual workings involved in it. In the second and the one I actually say pretty much all the time now is, and, and probably one of the most important ones, is that the advice I'm going to give you today is completely of my own opinion, and it's absolutely no re way reflective of the tradition I'm in, um, and it's definitely not the only way to cast a spell or cast a circle or perform a spell. I'm just going to give a super basic explanation of one way that you can do this, but, you know, with pretty much all things in witchcraft, it could be completely personalized to you. And this example I'm going to give, like, this is one way that you can cast a circle, but there are so many different ways in which you can switch it up and ways that personally I will switch it up. <laughs> like, I don't do it the same way every time in my own personal work. So if there's anything I say that doesn't resonate with you, absolutely feel free to change it as necessary. 
Okay. First things first, what exactly is a circle? (laughs) Okay. Well, a circle is an energetic barrier between yourself and the physical world, as you will. And it it helps protect you from any negative or outside influences. And my personal opinion is that it helps to draw attention to whatever working you're trying to do, which is another reason why you should have it as part of your protection. An important thing to keep in mind when you're casting a circle is that it's not just a circular line on the ground surrounding you. You need to envision that this is actually like encasing you. So it's above you and below, you know, as above, so below. (laughs) Um, Casting a circle is also a really wonderful way to get in tune with sensing energy as it's energy that you're using to help build it. All right, so how do you build it? Well, let's talk about what you may need to have in order to cast one first before you actually do it. (laughs) If you listen to my tools and terms episode, which by the way, I think was actually my favorite episode to record, um, then you'll recognize some of what I'm about to mention. Um, for my circles, I always have an, well, I usually have an altar in the center of my circle. This isn't necessarily always my personal altar. Um, sometimes it's one that I'll just build specifically for the circle or for my spell casting purposes. So if you want to cast a circle with one, you know, you probably need a small table or a stool or something you could fit your supplies on. I wouldn't really recommend having your altar and supplies on the ground. Um, the only time I can potentially see this being okay is if you're outside and this is being done on the physical earth. Um, but if you're at home doing this, trying to cast a circle, I would definitely try to get something to put your supplies on for your working. Even if that means having a box <laughs> and like dra- draping an altar cloth over it, just make sure whatever you're using is flame resistant or, you know, if something happens, <laughs> you have a way to uh, get it out. But yeah. Um, The other thing is you don't have to actually have an altar when you're casting your circle. Um, I have had plenty of times where I have cast a circle and just sat on the ground in the middle of the circle and meditated on the floor with like nothing around me except like my thame and some candles and incense. So really, whatever is most practical for you. um, And in fact, if you're really just trying to get a feel for what a circle is like and if you don't have any workings you're trying to do... Casting a circle and meditating in it is really just another great thing to do <laughs> just to get used to actually being in that zone, you know, because while you're in it, you can focus on the energy and having that witchy mindset be flipped while you're in a sacred space as you will. All right. So when I include my altar in circle, I usually have a couple of the basics. So I have my athame, um, definitely some incense, salt, water, candles, Um, I'll sometimes have a snuffer. I like using matches instead of a lighter, but it's definitely not bad if you use a lighter, but a lot of people, probably most people do, honestly. Um, yeah. And then whatever else I'm feeling that day. So if I'm doing a spell, I'll probably have those materials with me too. Sometimes I'll also include things like a bell or like a feather, a little hand broom, essential oils, crystal herbs, honestly, whatever. Like if you have a wand, it'd be appropriate to have this as well. And I like working with the elements in my practice, uh, my own personal practice. So I usually have four quarters at each of the, or I'm sorry, four candles at each of the quarters. And on my own personal altar as well, I'll usually have something that represents all of the four elements. So I might have like a little tiny bowl of water and some salt and a feather and like, I don't know, a match or a piece of coal or something separate, like personally on my altar that is not for any use. It's just there symbolically. Um, Yeah. So, you know, but if you're working in a small and limited space where this is not possible, like absolutely no worries. Um, you know, what I'm telling you is what I do when I have more of an eclectic type of practice. 
Um, so you could do whatever you guys want. So whatever space you're going to um, house your circle in, you want to make sure it's cleansed. And I don't just mean energetically. <laughs> I mean literally too. You know, if you're doing this in your bedroom, make sure that you don't have anything on the floor that you're going to like trip over, um, you know, like clothes or shoes or something you might be stepping on. <laughs> you know, honestly, in fact, I don't even like casting a room unless it's been tidied up. Sometimes this means like I'll just straighten, I don't know, like the couch cushions or like other times I might just need to do like a quick little sweep or like turn on a Roomba <laughs> or something. Um, sometimes I'll also hide certain things that I might know um, would lose, like make me lose my concentration or focus. So one of the first things I'll do is I'll cover up any clocks and my Wi-Fi router box if I'm in the same room as it. Um, I'll also hide things like my purse or my jacket or my work bag or like a backpack. I don't know, things that don't serve my purpose or role in circle. Um, I've even been known to cover up my TV with a bed sheet that's the same color as my wall so that it'll blend in when I'm in circle and I won't notice it. Honestly, I'll do whatever I can to try to remove the, like the mundane life from the base I'm going to be using. And, you know, not everybody may need to go to this extreme when casting a circle, but it's things that I personally like doing. And this is all about getting into the witchy mindset. So if you cast a circle often, doing things like doing these things are steps that can help kind of get you into that zone before you actually start. So for example, um, you know, if every time before you're going to cast a circle or do a spell, you straighten up your space, your space, let's say you sweep the floor, you cover off your TV, you turn off the lights, that can help to start a positive witchy trigger. And your body has great muscle memory, which can help switch you into this mindset, which is something that's not only, or that's important to not only have, but to develop when you're actually getting involved in this craft. And no surprise here, but you need to practice pretty often in order to help develop these triggers. And if after a while you feel like you're not developing them just by covering your TV or like hiding your backpack, you know, you could try adding something else in the mix. Like, you know, try to do things like putting on a specific ritual outfit or playing a certain song or, I don't know, washing your hands in a salt scrub beforehand. Even having a specific scented lotion that you use only before circle or burning a certain type of incense as you're cleaning up, but like a specific smell are things that can help switch you into this mindset. So when you're cleaning up your space, I also like to have my altar, if I'm using one, ready to go before I actually cast my circle. Um, but if I'm not using an altar, there's still usually things that I'll need to do to set up, like, you know, grab my thame or grab some candles. So I'll place my supplies on the table or wherever I'm going to be doing my circle. Um, so I have them all ready to go. I won't light my candles or anything yet, but I'll just have it placed out Um just so it's ready. So when I cast a circle, part of my circle casting involves lighting the candles. I don't want to have them pre-lit. Okay. Now the placement of where, if you're using an altar anyway, but the placement of where you have your altar supplies for your circle is completely up to you. You could definitely look online for a general guide just to see how people have theirs. But for convenience for myself, I'll usually have my candles at like the top of my altar kind of away from me and my athame closer to me like at the bottom or the end. Um, and then I'll leave the middle open to whatever I want in there. So sometimes too, like 
I will, if I'm, let's say like earlier I was saying how sometimes I'll have representation for each of the elements on my altar table. Sometimes I'll just put them all together on like a little plate or something, but other times I might space them out on the actual altar so they are in the correct directions. Which by the way, if you're somebody like me who uses the elements in your, um, practice, I would definitely make sure that whatever direction you're standing in when you're facing your circle is the one that you want to be in. Just don't pick a random spot just because, you know, that's the spot you want if you're trying to work with the elements anyway. Um, just, you know, do a little bit of homework, open up the compass app on your phone and see like, do you want to be standing in the north or the south or the east or the west or the northwest? You know, take note of it. And if you want to switch it up each time, it's great things that you can add into your journal to see what happens depending on what direction you stand in. <laughs> okay, so in my circle casting, I do mention that I usually have a candle at the four quarters. Um, you can use just like white pillar candles or if you want to include this, or you can also use a colored candle that corresponds. So for example, for um, air, you might use a yellow candle to represent that element. Um, so it's really up to you. So to cast a circle, here is a suggestion of what you can do. <laughs> So the first thing that I will do is I might do a brief meditation. So once I have everything set up, um, but yeah, I might do like a super brief meditation, um, not like this long intensive thing, especially if I'm going into the circle to actually meditate. But I like doing a brief meditation just to kind of, you know, shed my mind mundane self as you will and go into saying like, okay, like I'm not going into this as Ashley, like this is my witch name, which I won't say on here, but, (laughs) um, and so I'll start my circle that way. So after a couple minutes or whatever, when I feel like, okay, you know, I'm centered, I'm calm, I'm ready to do this, then I'll get up and I will start casting my circle. So that will involve me lighting my candles. Sometimes I'll say a little thing as I light them, like maybe I'm invoking or not, or maybe not necessarily invoking, but maybe just calling for a deity or something or ancestors or something to come be with me in the circle. So after I light my altar candles, I will go to the elemental candles. And by the way, this should all be done in a clockwise manner. (laughs) Don't go counterclockwise, do it clockwise. But yeah, so I will go in a clockwise manner and I will start lighting the candles. Um, you know, I have a specific order which I light them, but that's really just kind of what I'm up to or the way I like doing it. You could do it in whichever way feels best for you. Don't feel pressured either way. Um, you know, this is your own personal practice. Light it how you want. But I'll go around. I will light the quarter candles. Um, as I light each candle, because I work with the elements, I'll usually light the candle or say that like, hey, you know, I'm summoning, summoning for like earth you know, for example. Um, and then I might do an invoking pentagram, which is something you can look up online. It's very hard for me to explain (laughs) through a podcast. Um, so you do that and then you go to the next one and the next one, next one, and then you have all the quarter candles lit. So then once you're there or once I'm there, what I'll usually do next is I will cleanse my space. So I'll go around with a couple different things to do that. So I might use things like Palo Santo, or I'm or like, you know, I'll go around the circle and I'll walk around and I will draw the circle with it and kind of like move the smoke with my hands to cleanse it. Then I might go around again and do it with some incense. I might use like frankincense or myrrh, like some sort of purification incense. Then I might go around with like water and salt, 
you know, when I'm going around, I'm usually trying to use things that involve the elements. So, you know, because, yeah, like one of the things I'll do, for example, is like with incense is I'll take a feather and I might use the feather to try to um, blow the incense around for cleansing as well as actually sealing and casting the circle because the air or the, I'm sorry, the feather represents air and then the incense itself can represent fire. And depending on what you're actually using for um, the incense, you can also have earth run in there too. Um, so yes, yeah, so I'll do that. Um, one quick thing about circles is once it's cast, you don't want to just walk out of the circle when you're done. You want to draw a door to go in and out. You shouldn't break a circle just because like, oh man, I forgot to grab something and just walk out of it because then you're kind of diminishing exactly what you just built. It just comes crashing down. <laughs> but it's totally fine for things or like, I don't know, beings such as animals, for example. So if you have a dog or a cat that comes in and out of circle, that's completely fine. Animal spirits are a totally different ball game. So it's completely fine for them to come in and out of circle. Okay, so once I cleanse the space, uh, I will go back to my altar. Sometimes too, if you don't have the ability to use like Palo Santo or incense, you can use a bell. You can use a bell to clear out um, and just cleanse your space so you can walk around or you could just ring it on your altar. There's a bunch of different things that you could do. Okay, so once you have actually walked around and purified the space as well as set up the circle, you have your circle. <laughs> Yay, that's it. You've cast your circle. Um, you know, so then from there, if you have your spell that you want to be doing, you can go ahead and do your spell then. Um, if you're just trying to be in the circle, you can sit and meditate in it. Um, but I would say if this is your first time casting a circle, definitely take a couple minutes to just be in the moment. Um, as well as when you're walking around casting the circle, like say you're walking around and you have a like a piece of stick incense, for example, that you're using to construct the circle. Don't just walk around and just wave it in the air like, okay, I'm walking in a circle. Like, oh, next I got to use like salt and water or something. Actually spend the time to be mindful of the moment that you're doing that and try to physically feel yourself moving the energy around with the circle. Um, so one of the things I do, um, which I also forgot to mention, is I will use my athame when I'm helping to cast a circle. So I'll go around when I'm doing this with a couple of different things. So I don't just go around once. I probably go around three or four times with four different objects, as you will, to cast and purify and seal. So the first thing I'll use is actually my athame. So I will have my athame in my right hand and I'll go around and my left hand will be out. And what I'm doing is with my right hand, I'm visualizing energy coming from the tip of it and physically drawing a line in the air. And with my left hand, I will use that to try to feel the energy in the air and push it along and make sure that it seals up everything. Now, you got you or you want to be able to do that with all of the things that you're using to actually cast this circle. So make sure if you need to go slowly to do it, that's fine. If you feel like you can get it done, if you walk at a normal pace, that's fine too. I personally like taking my time, being there in the moment. And there's absolutely been times where I have walked around with my athame and I've kind of lost focus and I kind of start thinking about like, oh, like, you know, what am I doing for lunch tomorrow? Or like, oh, I don't want to go to work tomorrow. Or like, oh, like I forgot to text somebody back. I've actually had, I've obviously like had those thoughts come through my mind when I've done circle. So what I've done is I've actually gone back 
(laughs) filled in those spaces again. And I've been able to actually feel in the circle, like in the energetic barrier of it, where I, you know, lost my concentration because they'll feel like there's this giant hole there. And I'll be like, oh man, (laughs) like, whoops, need to go back. But okay, so yeah, so that's how you cast a circle. So to close the circle, once you do your circle thing, so if you're just meditating in it or you do your spell, whatever, you're going to just pretty much go back around. And this is kind of up to you. So what I would do is I would go to each of the quarter candles and I would thank the elements for being there and then blow it out. And I would do that for each of the elements. And then I would blow out the altar candles once that the elements are done and then I would call it a day and that'd be my entire circle casting but if you feel like that's not right for you if you feel like you want to do something else that's completely fine so then what do you do after you're done with that so let's say now you have a whole bowl of water a whole bowl of salt some incense ash that's all over your altar and then maybe some spell material so what do you do next (laughs) Okay, so you want to dispose of your spell materials. So there's a lot of different ways that you could do this. What I do with my incense and my salt is I will mix them together to try to make black salt. So this obviously takes a lot of incense and salt, so this is not something I do overnight. <laughs> so um, I usually just try to collect it into a container um, after each of my circles so I can slowly build up my black salt supply. If you have other things um, that you're not sure what to do, such as a bowl of like salt water, you can go and dispose of it outside. So you can go outside to a tree or to a shrub or, you know, say you're just trying to create a secret or a sacred spot outside in your neighborhood that like you can come with your circle offerings um, and you could just put it there. You might want to, you know, this is going to sound real wooey, but you might want to ask the tree <laughs> or the shrub or something like, hey, is it okay to put this here? And just kind of feel out how they're feeling um, before you dump it. But yeah, then you're going to offer it to the tree. If you have spell materials that you're not sure what to do with, you can bury them, you can burn them. Um, if it's, you know, a spell that you did to try to get somebody out of your life, maybe leave it at some train tracks or something. (laughs) Um, the other thing too, is that if you're doing a spell that involves something like that, where if you want somebody out of your life or you want something gone, you're trying to banish something, Whenever you dispose of it, so say that you're throwing it into moving water, leaving it on train tracks, or leaving it in the street, or something like that, once you put it down, walk away from it and do not look back, or else you're going to invite that energy back into your life. (laughs) So make sure you put it there, and you don't look back, and you just, you know, get rid of it. Um, The other thing, too, you want to consider that when you're disposing of your spell materials, what is the goal that you're trying to do with them? So, for example, are you trying to have something manifest slowly? If that's the case, then maybe you'll bury it because the earth will, you know, slowly decompose of the materials. Or if you want something to happen fast and quick, maybe you'll burn it up so that the energy of the fire quickly releases it back into the universe. You know, there's a lot of different things you can do here. And of course, I'm looking at this with an elemental view because that's how I like practicing. Um, so <laughs> it's completely up to you, uh, whatever you want to do. But for the most part, when you are disposing of spell materials, the real takeaway is that you're not just going to throw it in your trash can. You are going to bury it somewhere outside or get rid of it with nature. Um, if it's something that you can't really bury, like a piece of plastic, <laughs> then um, hit me up and, and we could talk about it. <laughs> We could see what what you could do instead. Um, One of the other things, too, is that it's great to use bowed disposable materials because you are going to try to dispose of it in nature. So do whatever you think is best. 
Okay, well, that is it. That is how to build and construct a circle. Well, one of the ways that you can do it. It's super basic, um, but it, it is something that does take a lot of work. Uh, so definitely, definitely, definitely practice. Um, as I mentioned before, if you're not doing a whole, you know, bell or anything like that, you're just building the circle just to build it. You know, it is a great opportunity and a great time to practice meditation. And in your meditation, you can actually use that to try to sense the energy in the circle. Now, I will say the first time you do a circle, as with most things in witchcraft, you're probably going to feel a little silly. (laughs) Um, But the longer that you do it, the longer you keep up with it, the better it gets and the more results you'll see. So stick with it. I promise it works. I promise it's pretty cool. Um, And yeah, that's pretty much everything with that. So... Let's see how we're doing on time. Oh, okay. Almost 30 minutes. Great. So I'll just end this episode with a couple, um, I don't know, a more administrative note. So one thing, so my Sassafras has made a second episode for the um, his Heart of Witchcraft podcast. He just switched over his platform to Anchor. So because of that, I'd imagine that it might be on Spotify soon, which is really exciting. So if you want to hear what Sassafras is talking about, <laughs> go check out his podcast. Again, it's called Heart of Witchcraft. Um, he talks about a lot of different witchy topics there. Um, the second thing is that I am going on vacation in January. So I am going to be out of the country. So I believe that my next episode will come out sometime at the end of January. I might try to see if I can get an episode out before I leave, but I honestly can't promise guys my trip's coming up real fast. So I definitely apologize for that. But uh, with that too, with the giveaway, I'm going to wait until after I come back from my trip to, um, to do it. So look for some sort of post on my Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram somewhere in um, like mid-January, I would say. So if you don't follow my socials, you can hit me up on Twitter at SeekWitchcraft, or you can hit me up on Instagram at SeekingWitchcraft, and Facebook, I'm just SeekingWitchcraft. <laughs> I post a lot of just witchy memes in there. And yeah. Oh, the other thing I wanted to say before I forget is... um. So Anchor, which is the podcast platform I use, offers voice messages, which is a really cool thing where if you ever wanted to send me a voice message, like maybe ask me a question um, or, you know, just say hello or something, you can do that. Um, So if you go on anchor.fm slash seekingwitchcraft, there should be a little button there where you can press like leave a voice message and yeah so go ahead and leave me a message if you have any questions I can like put them on the air that might be a fun thing to do in the future I can just you know put a bunch of messages together and answer any questions you guys may have (laughs) but if you don't want on the air too that's fine just let me know but I think a future episode I will try to do that if I get enough people to um compile their things so kind of like a instead of ask Alice it'd be like an ask Ashley (laughs) type episode so yeah um, the last thing I'll say is that I mentioned I am going on vacation. If anybody who's listening to this happens to be going on an EDM cruise in January, <laughs> leaving out of Florida, and I'm not going to say the name of the boat I'm going on, but if you're going, then you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about, then definitely feel free to hit me up because <laughs> I will be on this cruise and come and say hello. So yeah, so that's pretty much it. I hope you guys all have a great rest of your 2019. Oh, that was the other thing I wanted to say. Um, so it's the end of the year. Well, it's Yule, so well, Yule passed, so now it's the beginning of the year, but <laughs> the start of the year. 
Um, but I just wanted to take a moment for myself and just reflect on 2019. Um, I've had a lot of crazy things happen. You know, I was in a training group for a gardening coven. I got initiated into a gardening coven. I started a podcast and <laughs> now I have over a hundred thousand plays, which is insane. You know, I've had a lot of insane things happen. I've had people approach me on multiple social media platforms telling me that they're reaching out to Gardnerian Covens and meeting with their hate or potential new HP and H- HPSs because they've listened to this podcast. And, you know, I feel like I've grown so much listening or just doing, I don't know, just being alive <laughs> this year. And it really, really warms my heart to know that I've been helping other people feel like, you know, they're growing as well. So, you know, I'm really grateful for you guys. Um, this has been a really cool year. And, you know, you guys are great. <laughs> and I wish you guys all the best. And I wish you um, the most, I don't know, happiest of holidays and a happy new year. And I will talk to you guys all in 2020. And yeah, see you later, bye, guys. Bye.